0: All right, now what I want to do today is continue because IT series. So I'm already on uh, part 11. That's where I am today, part 11. So I want to go to uh, my message today. Let's go to the Gospel of St. Matthew's, uh, chapter 12, and verse 38. Now, we start teaching on this uh, when we taught three days and three nights. So we really didn't get into it in, it, in depth in that teaching. Uh, I got on something about my own life and testimony and where God had brought me from. And, and I didn't get any further. I'm grateful. And I'm thankful for all of those people who helped me celebrate uh, my birthday. I really appreciate that. Thank you all for your gift. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your giving. I praise God for you. Uh, I'm so grateful that the Lord had me to be born on my oldest brother birthday, three, three years later. So I get a chance to celebrate with him every year. Amen? That's a good thing. All right. Now, the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 12, and verse number 38, uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read that again. Remember, I taught this verse when I did uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, here we go. From, a, from Matthew, chapter 12, in verse 38, Then certain uh, of the scribes and of the Pharisees, he answered and said, Master, we will see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it but of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment. With this generation. Somebody said with this generation. Now we talk about two thousand years ago now when it was written. And shall condemn it. Why? Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. They did not. I'm sorry. Now, the men of Nineveh shall arise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented of the preaching of Jonah. That's what happened. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The queen of the south shall arise up in judgment. Here we go again with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost part of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Now, the Lord told us what happened to that generation. So, Father, my prayer is that we'll just take you at your word. We won't try to get religious. We're just going to believe your word today. All agree there. said amen. All right. So he told them when it happened, he says, with this generation, 2,000 years ago. Now, let me put it this way. Uh, We had a pandemic. Over 800,000 people died in my generation. I can't put this back 30 years ago. It was in my generation. So when Jesus was talking about his generation, he was talking about 2,000 years ago. Ain't that right? All right. Now, what I want to talk about today is the revelation. And we're going to go to that right now. Let me go to that right now. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. This is where I'm going to get my subject. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 8. Just one verse. All of that's good. I'm going to eventually get to reading that. But right now we're going to do one verse. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 8. That's going to be for my subject. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. Talking about Christ. Let's read together. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. And became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. So I'm going to talk about the revelation of one man's obedience. The revelation of one man's obedience. It's an awesome thing to understand why God called it, you're saved by grace. To understand what it means to say I was saved by grace, you got to understand this message. Because it was not your obedience that saved you. Now this is an awesome thing when people are going around telling you, that's why last week, I talked about last week, how do you know you're saved? How do you know you're saved? How do I know I'm saved? Last week's message. Because everything I gave you was what I did. I was baptized in water in Jesus' name. I, 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 I go to church. I'm a member of this church. I, everything is what you did. That had nothing to do with your salvation. That's what I mean. I will follow up. Your salvation is only based on what happened at, with Christ at the cross. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. So that's why I'm teaching on the revelation in this series of the Revelation Of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the revelation of one man's obedience. The obedience of one man. I mean that's just powerful to me. Just the words that his obedience saved me. If he had not obeyed the father. You wouldn't be sitting in church today. And yet people will tell you I'm saved because I got baptized in water in Jesus' name. Oh, my God. Now, let's, let's back up to verse 5 in that same chapter. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation. God put on flesh, came here, made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of a servant. That word servant means slave. And was made in the likeness of a man. Being found in fashioned as a man, he humbled himself. And the Bible says he became obedient unto death from the time he came till he died. And then he obeyed the Father by dying on the cross. We're going to go look at this. It's an awesome thing that you was obedient to die on the cross for me. What an awesome God we serve. Nobody else could do it. Nobody else could pay for our salvation. And the only way he could do it, he had to go to the cross. And I'm going to let you know today, it was not something his soul wanted to do. I'm going to show you today that his soul cried. His soul feared. And yet, when it was all over, he brought his soul under subjection. That's where that word obedience comes from. Subjection to the will of God. That's what it means by obedience. He was subjection to the will of God and the authority of God. Let's go to the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 26 verse 36. Let's, let's go to work. The revelation of one man's obedience. See when you hear this you're going to see people when they say how they were saved you're going to go like, shh, 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 sit down somewhere. How would you say, I was baptized in water in Jesus' name? You need s- s- <laughs> See, all this stuff you've been hearing arguing, in religious churches had nothing to do with your salvation. People come to church on a certain Sunday, to take communion. They think it's doing something, had nothing to do with your salvation. Absolutely zero. As a matter of fact, it showed that you don't have the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because if you did, you didn't know who he is. I'm going to show you as I teach you the word of God today and always that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the word of God. So when you you are still taking bread off the table today, you don't know who he is. Because the bread on the table told you he is the bread of life. So I'm going to show you this verse all through my ministry. It's Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14. We're going to go to Matthew 26. After that, we'll go to Exodus 3.14. But let's go to Matthew. we won't to look at one verse there. That's verse, chapter 26, verse 36. Matthew 26 and verse 36. Then come Jesus with them to a place called Gethsemane. Then come Jesus to a place called Gethsemane, said to the disciples, sit you here while I go and pray yonder. What, what does he want to do here? He have to, he have to bring his soul in subjection. The way you bring your soul in subjection is in prayer. See, prayer's not just a game. Prayer, has, prayer do a whole lot of stuff for you. If you use it as one of the tools, submit it to your spirit. Develop a prayer life. You'll probably hear me say it all the way. Develop a prayer life. This morning, after 4 o'clock, I was praying for you. Every Sunday morning, pretty much, when I get up, that's the first thing I do. I go and pray for you. I have my list, probably about 15, 16 pages, because I do my praise on both sides. And I walk through that every morning when I pray for you and I call your name out. And if you've got a, any situation in your life, in your body, I pray for that at that time. I pray. Salvation for you every day. Salvation, when you hear the word salvation, it's a big word, but it covers everything God do in your life. That's why you always hear me say words like, he helps me, he heals me, he delivers me, he protects me. I mean, all that he feeds me, he clothes, everything he does for you is in your salvation. So that's what I'm saying. When people say they're saved, you've got to understand some. all this stuff and what you see seeing God do in your life every day. That's your salvation. All right, Matthew chapter 26. Let me go to work. Matthew 26. Here's Jesus going to Gethsemane. The Bible says he took with him Peter, James, and John. Because it is called the two sons of Zebedee. That's James and John. He began to be very sorrowful. Now, why is he doing this? Because he's getting ready to go to the cross. And he got to bring his soul into subjection. The Bible told us in the book of Isaiah, chapter number 53. I'm going to show it to you in a moment. he made his soul an offering for sin. And he could not have offered his soul if his soul was willing. See, that's what he told them in Isaiah 1, 19. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So he could not offer his soul unless he willingly laid down his life. So... Your worship service, your praise must be voluntarily, must be willingly. You must want to do it. You're not doing it because you owe God anything. You're doing it because God is so good to you. Amen. That's why you want to do it. That's why that song, Never Get Enough, Never Get Enough. Thank God somebody switched that over from somebody else who used to sing in the world because we used to sing in the world. It didn't sound like that. I was singing to my wife, never get enough of your love, baby. <laughs> Thank God somebody found out that it was the Lord who we, we can't get enough of. It's all right. It's all right. I want to bring back some memories. Now we're singing to the right person. Here's Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. And verse 38, 37 says, he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he says, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even under death. Then he told his disciples, tarry here and watch with me. And the Bible says in the very next verse, he went a little further, fell on his face, Praying, saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He's talking about his dying. He's talking about what he's getting ready to go through. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thou will. And the Bible says, he cometh unto his disciples and find them asleep. And said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? My God. Here's the Lord getting ready to pay for the sins of the whole world. And he needs his disciples to just watch so he can get the prayer through. He don't need nobody to interfere with the prayers. Because he got to bring his soul under subjection. And all they have to do is... Don't let nobody in the garden. Watch with me one hour. Just, just, he left them at the beginning, opened up the gate of the garden, said, Just, just watch. Don't let nobody in the garden because I'm going to pray. He came back. They were asleep. What were they supposed to be doing? They was watching. They were guarding the word. Protecting the word. So the enemy wouldn't come in the garden and take the word. They didn't do their job, did they? He came back in verse number forty and said, could you not watch one hour? Then he said, watch and Pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's something that we all must understand in this walk with God. Don't ever think your flesh is strong. It's never strong. When it come down to the thing that God walked down, the flesh is always weak. You got to depend on your spirit, man. And the word You have to understand what Joseph did at the hour of temptation when the woman grabbed him and said, lie with me. He ran. Flesh is weak. Don't sit around and holler about, I got this. Just keep sitting around. Every time she pull off a piece, you holler about, I got this. For long, you're going to be in the bed. You could have just got out the way when it first started. Just, I got to go now. Don't think flesh can take it. It cannot. Watch and pray that you enter in not in temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time in prayer and said, Oh, my father, if this cup be not, may not pass for me, except I drink it, your will be done. Now he has brought his soul on the subject. He came and he found them asleep again. The Bible said for their eyes were heavy. He left, he left them and went away and prayed the third time saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep on now. Take your rest. Behold, I was at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be gone. Behold, he is at hand that betrayed me. They slept through the whole thing. That's why it wasn't hard for them to write. You see this same thing in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. (laughs) They all got this. But see, the thing about it is, look at Luke 22. Let me show you something. In the Gospel of St. Luke chapter 22 is where we have Luke account. And, the Bible, and he added something. See, so he had to bring his soul under subjection. Luke chapter 22, we're going to go down and look at verse 39. The Bible said, we'll wait to the screen. So you've got to understand something. Prayer is an awesome, prayer is so awesome. Luke chapter 22 and verse 39. He came out and he went as he walked to the Mount of Olives. Other ones said Gethsemane. So we know that's where that in the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. We know who they were, Peter, James, and John. And when he was come to the place, he said to them, pray that you enter not a temptation. He was withdrawn from them by the stone cast, he says. He kneeled down he prayed. Saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless not my will, but thine be done. And, he, and the Bible said, and they appeared to him an angel from heaven. The disciples saw this. They said, look, while he was in prayer, an angel came from heaven, appeared. And we saw an angel with him in prayer. Boy, I hope you hear what I'm saying. That's why I keep telling you you need to pray. When did the angel appear? While he was in prayer. See, we want God to to minister to us, but we don't want to pray. Look here. Here he is. An angel, verse 43, said an angel appealed to him from heaven, strengthening him. See, so we, we, when we want God to help us, we need to pray. I'm telling you, man, while you're in prayer, the Lord will touch you in prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at what happened in verse 44. And being in agony. Now, here's Jesus, having done any sin, praying for us, getting ready to go to the cross for on our behalf. And the Bible said being in agony. He prayed more honestly. And the Bible said. His sweat. Was as it were. Great drops of blood. Falling to the ground. <laughs> you talk about a brother praying boy. When you are praying. And your prayer is. That father. May this cup pass from me. He was talking about going to the cross. He was talking about all the punishment he was about to take. He was talking about giving Satan, you have to know the book of Job to know what I'm talking about, giving, giving Satan three days and three nights in his life to do what he want to do with him. That's what Job was about. So he's gonna, they're going to beat him. Let me, show you, let me show you what they did. Look, look at the gospel of St. Luke while you're there. Back up to chapter 18. Luke 18. And start reading verse 31. The disciples already asking him what they're going to get. They, they want to know we left all what, what we going to get. Verse 31 said, He took unto them the twelve and said to them, Behold, we go to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. And verse 32 said, He shall be delivered unto the Gentiles. And He shall be mocked and shall be Spitefully entreated. That they all. He shall be spitted on our Lord. And they shall scourge him. Always thirty-nine stripes. Then they're gonna put him to death. And then the third day, Son of Man gonna rise again. He's telling them everything going to happen to him in the next three days. And look at that next verse. And, and the Bible said, and they understood none of these things. And this saying was hid from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. Why? Because they were blinded. Remember that God had blinded them. Even Paul said to God, this word has blinded the minds of them that believe not that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. They didn't know because God had blinded them. See, that same truth that they rejected blinded their eyes. What a mighty God. And we know also because they didn't have the spirit. That's why they didn't know anything he was saying. That's what happened when you don't know the spirit. You can hear hear a voice, (laughs) and that's all. All right, now now I, get, I told you one place we was going, we didn't never go there, we go there now. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. All right, now this, this is where I am showing you in all of the teaching. Start at verse 13. We just go down to verse number 15. This is what I'm showing you in all the teaching I'm doing. See, when I minister on something, I can't minister on everything I want to say in that one verse. There are times I go home and I feel like I didn't do, the, do a job, and the Spirit of God says to me, you know, you, you, didn't, you, didn't, get, you didn't get all that done because you can't get it all done one Sunday. As you minister the word of God, it was more and more going to come out. So this is what I really want to accomplish. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 13 says, Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, not the body of Christ, And I I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. Say it that way, I am that I am. All right, so all the way through the new covenant as he's teaching, what is he showing them? All through the new covenant, remember, now Christ has come. He's manifesting in the flesh. What is he showing them? He's showing them what he said to Moses. I am that I am. So, when, so that's why in the book of John, he start off in John chapter number, uh, matter of fact, if you want to go, I can back up to chapter number four, and he told them, I am the living water. John chapter six. I am the living bread. See, if you go all through these, you will see he's telling them who I am, but they don't realize that because they don't think they don't see him. He keeps saying, "I am my Father." Are one and the same, but they don't get it. Then he says, uh, "You know Moses before Moses was I am." You know, so they don't get it. You know, the same God that was talking to Moses talking to them. He just got on flesh. See, the same God that talked to Moses is in us now, raised from the dead. See, if you you grasp this, you'll realize he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right? It's the only one. All right? But he manifests himself for us in three persons. All right? So the God, in verse 14, said, I am that I am. And he said, thou shalt say to the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. That's how they're supposed to know Moses knew. And God said, moreover unto Moses, thus shall I say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. All right. So I am. So that's why you get into the new covenant now and you're going to see all of these things. All right, that's why he went through every chapter. See, if you get into chapter 7, he'll tell you in chapter 37, 38, 39. In chapter 7, in the great date, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood in Christ, says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow what yeah. rivers of living water. This spake he of the spirit. See, so all through the word, he's telling them, Oh, they don't get it. See. Chapter 8, he gave them. Chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, all the way through. Chapter 15, he's going through the I am's. If you take the I am in John, it's seven I am's in John, and then add the, and put them with Leviticus 23, you got seven feasts. And you'll get the revelation of the seven feasts with the seven I am's. So when Jesus signed to live in bread, in John 6, 35, if you go all the way back to Leviticus chapter 23, the first feast is the bread or the Passover. So when Paul got the revelation, what did he say? He said, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Christ, our Passover. Wonder how he knew that. It's the first feast. It's the first I am. So if you take the first I am and put it with the first feast, you'll know, get the revelation. Somebody say yes, Lord. All right. All right. Now, let's move on. See, this is how I get things, by study. It's not like I would turn the TV on and found this, okay? (laughs) Believe me. (laughs) All right. Now, let's let's keep going because I want to show you something. When I read to you uh, Matthew chapter 12 and I read to you verse 40, let's go back there again because I want to pick that up. Matthew chapter 12, and I read the first to you, verse to you, 38 through 42. I read to you, and so I want to I make sure you, you understand some things. Matthew chapter 12. And I gave you verse 38 through 42. And then I, I showed you in verse 41. Go down to verse 41. Because in verse 41, I said something to you. I said, The men of Nineveh shall arise in judgment, and then he says, with this generation. So you have to understand he's not talking about that happening today. That with this generation, let you know right off the bat, it was going to be during his time. It was about to happen. See? So to to understand, you got to understand Jonah. So with with this generation, let me give you something else first. Let's go to, let's go to, with the generation. That's what you want to go with. Let's look at Matthew 24, 34. So if you, if you look at the Bible, this is how you study. See, this is why when I say I was deceived, I was deceived because I, I trusted man to know the word. And I was deceived. And I found out that man didn't know the word. So I trust the Holy Spirit now. So in Matthew 24, 34, I know it didn't happen at our date. That's why I'm not worried about Jesus Christ coming. I got scripture to show you that the word of God told you when he's going to return and show them to him in the word. And then people say, well, pastor, you can't do that because the scripture says no man know the day or the hour when the son of man cometh. And I said, when did he say that? Before the cross or after? He said it before the cross. That's why, because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So how could man know the day or the hour? See, if you know what people are saying, you, you know what to say. Why did Paul know? Because he was in the time when the Holy Spirit was given. All right. Now, let's move on. In Matthew 24, 34. Are you there? Look what the scripture said. Is that's where we're going to? Matthew 24, 34. Look what it says. This generation. Now, what generation is that? That's not the generation of Eric is that right? Because we just had, I just got through saying, we had 800 plus thousand people die in my generation. Ain't that right? Because it just happened two years ago. Generations is how many years? It's 40 years. So if you, if you are 73 years old like I am, I'm near two generations, right? Some of y'all generation, don't know when you're a generation. You, if you're over 40, you're already one generation, right? Amen. All right. That's why I believe I live three generations. Amen. All right. Now, now watch this. In verse number, it said this generation. So in verse number 34 says, Jesus said, Verily I said to you, he's talking to people his day, because he didn't minister to us. This generation shall not pass shall all these things be fulfilled. Now, what is the word fulfilled? Complete, ended, finished. So everything he was telling them, let me back back up and show you what it means. Go to chapter 23. Back up one chapter. Now, these ought to be marked in your Bible, so if you ever go through them again, some people just don't want to mark in their Bible. That's, That's really being cheap just changing like it is, because you can buy another battery. You, I mean, you can buy another Bible. That Bible's going to weigh out. I don't care how much you rub it down and whatever. page is going to come out, you're going to pick it up one day, and you're going to say, oh, man, I got to get another Bible. All right. It's going to weigh out. Go in my office and I can show you probably about 50 of them already wore out. All right. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus talked to the Starting verse 29, I'm not going to be able to do all that, but I'm going to start in verse 29. He talks to the scribe, Pharisees, hypocrites. He says, You build the tombs of the prophets, and you garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. And you say, If we've been in the day of our father, see, that's what they say. If we've been in the day of our father, we would not have been partaking with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, you be witnesses, he says unto yourself that you are the children of them who has killed the prophets. Watch what he says. Fill up the measure of your fathers. Watch what he called them. You serpent. How do I know that generation? Because if I go back to Matthew 3, Mark 1 and 2, chapter 3, John the Baptist's ministry, guess what John called them? generation of vipers why did he do that because that was the generation it was a generation of Cain so when when Jesus came it when you start reading the Bible it said the generation of Jesus Christ in the beginning of one of your books it'll start off in chapter one the generation of Jesus Christ during the generation of Jesus Christ it was also the generation of Cain let's flip it let's flip it and go back to Abel in the generation of Abel it was also the generation of Cain and who killed Abel Cain that's why it had to be the gener- they had to be the same generation because it would be Cain to kill Abel fast forward 4000 years It would be the children of Cain will kill Jesus Christ, the son of God. That's how you know what you're talking about. You take the word and you find out by the word. Okay, so in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 32, he said, fill up then your measure of your fathers. You serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? He's telling them, how can they escape the damnation of hell? Something's about to happen, right? Wherefore, behold, I send you prophets, wise men, scribes, some of them you shall kill, crucify, and some of them you shall scourge in your synagogues, you shall persecute them from city to city. Did Paul do all that? Saul, shall I say Saul? Yeah. That upon you, up on you, not us, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed up on the earth. That's another word I told you, you got to know if you're going to know this Bible, and that's the word earth. Heaven and earth is not what you're looking up in the air at and what you're standing on. Heaven and earth in this Bible is Israel and Jerusalem. So if you go take the word created, just be a good student. Only somebody will create it in this Bible will the heaven and earth. If you break that down, the old covenant, he said, I created Jacob. Look at Isaiah 43 and verse 1. Give you one. So you have to know what the Bible said When the Bible talks about he created the heaven and earth, only somebody you find created in the old covenant is Israel, Jacob. Chapter six. I'm gonna give you two. I'm gonna give them to you. I'm gonna give you a cha- after this. We are gonna go to Isaiah. Let's do this one. Isaiah forty three one. Here it is. But but now thus said the Lord that created thee, O Jacob. See if you read your Bible, you'll know. Don't just take folks' word for it. That's how I got to see. Watch what he says. I created thee, O Jacob. I formed you, O Israel. So who did he create? Oh, Jacob. Who did he form? Israel. Fear not, I have redeemed thee. That's another word. And then it says, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Why is he saying that? Because when you study the word of God, Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's. Well, who is the earth? I just told you, Israel, see, if you're a right thing now, Israel is the Lord. That's why I said the earth is the Lord. That's who he's talking to. And the fullness of the earth. Then he called them the world. And they that dwell therein. All belong to God. Psalm 24.1. And that's why when you read the word, you have to know these things. If you, you're gonna be, you'll be like the folks out there on TV. They don't know it. I sit there and I just look at them and go like, where, how do you get where you are? But anyway, see, if you look at that kind of stuff, all right, uh, that's Isaiah. I can just show you plenty more. Let me give you one more. Let me go back to Isaiah. I don't want to get too far off my message because I'd be gone somewhere else. Uh, Isaiah 43 in verse 1. All right, look at verse 7. Isaiah 43 and verse 7. Watch what it says. Even everyone that is called by my name, I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. I have made him. He's talking about Israel and Jacob, right? So we know that. That's why you have to understand. I'm going to give them a little bit more, Lord. Verse number we see in Isaiah 43, look at verse number 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel. Is that plain or what? All right, your King. All right, now let me back up and give you something else. Go back to Isaiah. And look at verse number 41. Let's, no, let's do 42. I can't go back there. 42 and verse 5. Let me show you why you have to know this stuff. Thus saith the Lord God. Isaiah 42 and verse 5. Here we go. Thus saith the Lord God, God the Lord, he that created the heavens. See, there it doesn't say. Israel. But he created the heaven. Let's find out who the heavens are. And stretched them out. He that spread forth the earth. So if you don't know who the heaven and earth is, you, you think it's looking it up in the air. That's not it. And that which cometh out of it. And he that giveth breath to all people upon, upon, the, upon, it, upon the earth. The spirit to them that walk therein. Now this is what it says. The Lord, I the Lord have called thee in righteousness. Can you see he's talking to people? I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. And I will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give you a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles, to open the eyes, to blind, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. So, all of this is just, everything just flows when you know who it is. All right. That's how you have to know. But I'm going to give you this while I'm there because i got to get back my message. i got 12 minutes. I'm going to take two and give you this. Go to Isaiah chapter number 51 and verse 11. Just one verse. Isaiah 51 11. Just give you something to chew on those who like to chew. Isaiah 51, 11. Let's go to verse 9 first. Let me give them verse 9 first. I'm getting ready to show you something. Now, this, is, this kind of stuff is, is, is something that you got to be mature uh, to handle this. This is, this is meat at its finest. This could even be better than I won't name my daughter favorite steak, so I'll leave that alone. Rehobo. She'll be like, oh God. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 51 verse 9. Awake! Say it, say it, awake. Awake. Who is he talking to? Talking to Christ. I want you to put that in your Bible. He's talking to Christ. Then I'm going to show you in verse number 17, he's talking to the church. Because both are going to be dead. It's so good when the Holy Ghost is your teacher. Isaiah chapter number 51 and verse 9. Awake, awake, watch what he said to Christ. Put on thy strength. Put on strength. Watch what he calls him. O arm of the Lord. Now, I gave you that, didn't I? That's how you have to get it. Who is the arm of the Lord? That's who Christ is. Because I told you the hand of the Lord is on you, right? That's the spirit, right? That's Christ. His hand is on you. God, God's hand is Christ. Christ is the hand of God. That's why he made all things. He formed Adam, Right? Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake. As in the ancient times, in the generation of old, are thou not he that has cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? Who know who killed the dragon? Oh, come on now. Y'all got even one man killed the serpent. Now, come on, the dragon. All right, let's go on. That's why I can't get to a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? You'd be like, who, am I at? All right, all you do is believe. Don't try to figure it out. Verse 11 now. Let me show you something. Verse 11 said, Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return. Now, who is the redeemed of the Lord? It's the, 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 Revelation chapter 7. Israel is called the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. They're going to return. What do you mean they're going to return? The redeemed of the Lord shall return and shall come with singing. What are they coming back to? They're coming back to Zion. Where's Zion? The word Zion means Jerusalem. You should have a big old chart. All these things I'm giving you. And everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. What What is that? That's the kingdom. Sorrow and mourning shall flee away. If you obtain gladness and joy, what did you obtain? The kingdom. The kingdom of God, not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the next verse told him, I, even I, am thy comforter. He that comfort thee. Who art thou that, should, that you should be afraid of man that shall die in the son of man, which shall be made as grass? Verse 17, here it is to Jerusalem. Are you there? Awake, awake, stand up. What is he talking about? The fulfillment of Ezekiel. See, Ezekiel went out in the valley and what did he see? A valley of what? Dry bone. Who was that? The arm of Israel. And God said, can he not live? Let me show you how to get him to live. Start preaching. That's what he told. That's what he told. Just start preaching. prophesy, Preaching. And as he began to preach, it began to vibrate. He kept on preaching. Bones started finding other bones and coming together. And then he says, "Keep preaching, Joel. keep preaching, Ezekiel." So you got to understand how God do things. Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem. Told you who it was. The church. He came back and raised the church from the dead. First, he was raised from the dead. Awake, awake, verse nine. Then he raised the church from the dead. Verse 16, awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem, which has drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. Thou hast drunk the dregs of the cup of trembling and wrung them out. See, they already been through what they've been through. He told them to awake. Down in verse number 11, that same chapter we just read, therefore the redeemer of the Lord shall return Let's look at it again. Isaiah 35.10. That's not the first time he said that. Isaiah 35.10. The redeemer of the Lord shall return. See, all you do is go a new covenant and say he coming with clouds. And that's all you got. Isaiah chapter 38. Start verse 4. Isaiah 38 verse 4. Say to them that I have a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God coming with vengeance. He coming with cloud. That's what the old covenant says. He will come and save you. That's why they cried out, Hosanna. The word Hosanna means come and save us. Save us, Lord. In Hebrew. Verse number five, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a harp, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land spring of water in the habitation of dragons. Which each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes, and in a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. Watch this the unclean shall not pass over, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, those fools shall not err therein. No lounge shall be there, No any ravenous beasts shall go up there on, it shall be found therein. Why? Because the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord, Isaiah 51, 11 said, the redeemer of the Lord, which is the same word. Here's verse 10, that equal to Isaiah 51, 11. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion. Where did Jesus go when he rose from the dead? He went to Zion. That's what your Bible told you in the book of Hebrews. He went to Zion. With songs and everlasting joy upon their head, they shall obtain joy. That's the kingdom. And gladness. Sorrow and signs shall flee away. Let's go to Hebrew. Let's see what they got. See, when you put this stuff together, man, it's just awesome. It's an awesome thing to know where Jesus went when he rose from the dead. Paul was, God showed Paul where he was. Everybody hollered by the coming, but they don't even know where he's at. All they know, I'm going up yonder. Going up yonder. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. See, I know what Christ is. Christ in you, the help of Glory. Yeah, but where's Jesus? The guy that after rose from the dead. Where he at? Because he's Jesus Christ. (laughs) Somebody point up and say, he's Jesus Jesus. Christ. Christ. You have the spirit of the son. He is the express image of the Godhead bodily. He is seated at the right hand of the father. The Bible says, in heaven, well, Christ is in heaven too, here. No, you're not, you are. All right, watch this. Hebrew chapter number 12, verse 22 says, but you are come. and didn't say you're coming. Because if you're in Christ, you are come. Where you come to? Mount Zion. See, I know what Mount Zion is. It's not over there somewhere in, in the Middle East no more. You'll come to Mount Zion. You'll come to the city of the living God. You'll come to heavenly Jerusalem. See, you know what Jesus went when he rose from the dead. He went to heaven. Where did he go? He went to Heavenly in Jerusalem. An innumerable company of angels, Jesus said, I could have called. Here in verse 23, you'll come to the general assembly, the church. So I know where the church at, but the church that was already taken out through the days of Christ. See, people think he's talking about nothing. No, no, you the body of Christ. There were seven churches. The word seven means completion, fullness of. It don't mean one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven is the word completion, fullness, perfection. You'll come to Mount Zion. You'll come to the city of the living God. You'll come to heavenly Jerusalem. You'll come to innumerable company of angels. You'll come to the general assembly of the church, the the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. You'll come to God, the judge of all, and to saints, spirits of just men made perfect. You were made perfect in Christ. You'll come to Jesus. Oh, he's there too? Yeah. The mediator of the new covenant. You'll come to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better thing than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. We they escape not who refuse him that spake on earth. Talking about Moses. Much more shall not we escape if we turn away him that speaketh. From heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more will I shake not the earth only, but also the heavens. So you have to know who the earth is. It's not Pontiac. He's talking about Israel in the promised land. He shook them and Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, judgment must first begin at the house of God. It can't be you. It was the Old Testament house of God. That's why he was destroyed. And this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that were shaken. That's why he did that, to remove them. Old things have passed away. As the things which are made, all those things that were made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain because they're going to be spiritual. God got rid of the natural. There's no more earthly temple it's a spiritual temple now. That's who you are. God not looking at the earth in Jerusalem. He's looking at the spiritual Jerusalem. And that's why people keep running to Jerusalem. Talking about they're getting, well, we getting ready to find an animal dust and an animal dung. And where well, they build a heifer. And a... Just go right ahead. You're still going to have ashes. I'm going to leave it like that. Paul didn't call it ashes. How many know what Paul called it? dung and that's where people going back to the dung hill. He removing those things that were shaken so those things which could not be shaken may remain. Watch what he said to them. Therefore we 2,000 years ago receiving a kingdom. That's what they're waiting on which cannot be moved. And if you in Christ you are in the kingdom because that's who Christ is. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is the very kingdom of the living God. Therefore, we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace. That's what you have. Whereby we may serve God acceptable and with reverence and godly fear. Because our God is a consuming fire. And my time is already gone. I wasn't going that way, but I end up going that way anyway. But let's give the Lord a big hand. It's all good. Come on, let's stand up on your feet. We're going to close out with our television audience. Stand up on your feet. We're going to close out with our television audience. Get a, give our cameras a chance to pan and get the whole set up here. They get the people out there and get the people up there on the camera. And me on the camera, we can all see the same thing. I know they're working back there, but I'm just prophesying. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 said, My brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture, and he was seen of Cephas. He was seen of the twelve he was seen of above 500 brothers at once paul said james, uh, paul said he was also seen of me he was seen of james then he was seen also of me as one born out of due time what a mighty god we serve many witnesses saw him after he rose from the dead but you must know that he lives in you now if you have the spirit of christ first corinthians chapter number uh romans chapter 8 and sorry verse 9 say he that have not the spirit of christ is none of you. make sure you got the spirit of christ in you because now you're saved by grace grace is what god has done for you receive his holy spirit right now hey my time is up i thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you